Aloha, I am June Jones of the Houston Roughnecks, and this is the XFL Show. Football fans, this is the week of October 10th, 2021. This is for the love of football. This is the road to 2023, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. The XFL broke the internet this week. Kind of. And our nifty roadmap has us feeling prepared for our big trip to kickoff in just over a year. This is episode 191. And we must consult the calendar more and more each and every day on the road to 2023, Bryant. I find myself even considering portraiting a monitor here in the office just to look at the calendar you made to make it look even niftier and cleaner. It's a it's a work of art. I've been looking at it all week, getting ready for the show. You haven't made it your screen background on your phone yet? No, no, no. I, uh, yes, my I, wife would not allow that or not dig that <laughs> as much as I want to. Uh, it's 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 been helpful. It's been a, an exciting week, I would say, for XFL fans, at least with um, some anticipation. Anticipation, uh, but yeah, the, the 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 roadmaps there. I, I think a lot of people found it helpful, intriguing, interesting um, to kind of gauge your uh, expectations. Uh, as we leave. I love how we gauged our expectations, Alan, and then all of a sudden Danny Garcia breaks the internet too. We'll get into that, but that's just yep. everyone calm down. Nothing's really exciting to report. Hey, we're going to an ownership meeting. It's great. Kind of kind of expected it, you know, at the same time, but uh, we appreciate the the love and the uh, the interest people showed to the roadmap and got some good feedback. We're going to actually pick out one really interesting one that someone texted coming up, but let's tell you how to interact with us. If you're new to the show or if you forgot, 724-565-4XFL is the XFL fan line for you to call or text anytime. And of course, at XFL show on social media, if you want to reach out that way, we are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. You could go to prettyeasypodcasts.com right now. And when you go there, you go there to start your own podcast. If you are a budding podcaster or someone who just thinks, I need a little bit of a push or a little bit of help to get my my show that I, I want to do started. That's where you go. Pretty easy podcast. They handle it all for you. You go, you go there. You hit the contact section and you say, hey, I want to do a podcast. Help me out. And they'll give you affordable rates, a personal producer, everything you need to get your podcast sounding great and getting you into the podcasting mode where you feel good about your show and you're not worried about all this stuff you have no clue about like audio editing and well copywriting is going to be on you they we write our copy but then we have to read it sometimes and we totally have to do like nine takes but that's on me and bright not on pretty easy podcast bright 
No, they make podcasting uh, pretty easy. Also, if you think about it, they also uh, kind of help you with other things that are not just podcast related. Like if, if let's say you have a microphone, but you don't have a stand, they're like, well, mm-hmm. what do you have? Like I have another microphone. I have a screw and I have a rubber mm-hmm. band and a glue stick. Can you help me out? And they'll be like, there you go. Square peg, round hole. Let's rock. That's what pretty easy I, podcast does. I mean, th- yeah, the, these dudes are like MacGyvers with podcasting too. So yeah, they got you covered. Because it's super pretty- light, 10 10- dollar arm is just sometimes very impossible for somebody to like bring around themselves when they're traveling around the country to make life just a little bit easy pretty well you got you really have to you really traveling though too that's that's a whole other thing 50 pound bags are like impossible super light super yeah but 50 pound bags are like impossible to actually achieve especially in the colder months as we approach in these Airlines, Brian, think, oh, yeah, these people will actually get under 50 pounds with their bag and then they charge you. It's all a scam. But I'll get into that when when I next maybe next week when I'm elsewhere for the show or no. Where am I going to be next week? I this You're actually be there. I don't know. You are going to be, right be there. Seat. Will it's- I be? You know my calendar better than I do, because I've only been well- looking at your calendar for the XFL this week. So I don't <laughs> even know where I'll be. I just know where the XFL needs to be. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you where you need to be. You you keep us on track here. I'll keep you on track the other, uh, I don't know how many hours in a week, but minus one hour, I'll keep you on track the rest of the time. Sounds good. All right. Well, I'll get us on track, back on track here. Let's dink and dunk real quick. Uh, stemming from last week's show, the roadmap, we laid it all out. All those markers you need to hit to successfully kick off an xfl season and we had a lot of feedback but here's one really interesting one i wanted to check out on the show this week bryant from jonas texting the xfl His fan name is line. Jonas, and he listened to the show and said i love your roadmap but i would add one more major stop xfl signing day a televised event where the rock signs the top eight players to the league similar to the quarterbacks in 2020 i love that idea could you imagine that would be a perfect televised event, a get-to-know-the-league type of event, glitz glamour with The Rock, all sorts of feel-good moments, and really uh, an introduction to the biggest, the faces of the league. I like that idea. Uh, I, I did. I don't think it belongs on the calendar that I presented because these are events that happened during the road to 2020. Um, it in theory kind of happened when it was the uh, Alan, you and I were on our way to Starbucks on our way to, to Connecticut uh, headquarters uh, with all the corporate people when we found out the quarterbacks that were signed and where they were going. So it would have been maybe the day before would have been like a little like, hey, we're going to do this. Something kind of cool. But either way, I, I'm down for something like that. Maybe put some hats out there, right? Like which hat are they going to grab? The L.A. hat? The <laughs> That would be awesome, you know? too. Yeah, that's a good idea. Something like, like that yeah. would be great. Yeah, I like it. I'd like, yeah, high school signing. But, you know, this actually, yeah, did happen off camera. So Jonas is kind of correct in that. That was the day of the uh, draft. I could add it to the day of the draft because it was the same day as the draft. And I guess that's where it wasn't really a moment for the XFL leading up to 2020. No, but uh, definitely a a good idea. And I'm all all about it. And that's, that's good producing right there, Jonas. Maybe they could use you a pretty easy podcast and could uh, be producing up some shows so that's a, a hell of an idea i like it but uh appreciate that and appreciate everybody else who uh, said they're going to be checking their calendars now uh the rest of the road uh, uh, to 2023 brian 
what what's the yeah. finger up for what happened oh no i just say we, we had a guy uh, we had a fan kyle on youtube just say hey guys what a great episode i loved it now i got fixed dates to compare how kickoff to 2023 is going amazing exactly that's exactly what so, we were going for exactly last week is. so you put your finger up though like that you know in the middle of the show and i'm thinking like danny garcia just instagram something that we need to well we wouldn't be able totally to see because my feed wouldn't fre- refresh so <laughs> all right well okay so we uh, are we are set with our calendar. I'm gonna be consulting it the rest of the show. Uh, Danny Garcia broke the internet. She's not breaking it right now, though, right? We don't have. We're, we're just gonna talk about how she broke it earlier this week. Considering the Any- time that it is, she's not breaking the internet right now. That would be insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right now. I don't, don't want to offend the viewers and listeners and let them know what time we're actually recording this week. But hey, good Christmas when you can, and that's you know that's because we do have the help from Pretty Easy Podcast. Morning, day. Night, anytime, baby. Here we go. Let's get to this week's cover two. So Danny Garcia broke the internet, broke Instagram, and then and Facebook broke along with that, and also WhatsApp, and so and then consequently, the internet, Bryant, because of XFL updates from the sky. Uh, thanks a lot, Danny Garcia. No, I'm, I mean that like legitimately. Thank you. I love that uh, all the Facebook stuff went down because I don't use any of it. You know me, Bryant. But I thought it was hilarious. But also, uh, Danny Garcia tweeted out a picture of The Rock co- going to or coming from an XFL owners update meeting. What I don't know where they were headed, which direction. I think it was to the update meeting. Either way, it timed out where that was posted shortly before all the craziness th- <laughs> this past week of Facebook and Instagram going down. Yeah. Do you think there was actually more news slated in her story, but she just couldn't post it because she broke Instagram with that first one? Uh, can you? So you think that's a good uh, conspiracy theory? So when we go to the draft, you know, whenever that happens, we'll get the we'll get the tea that. Oh yeah, actually that week we were going to announce uh, team, team names. names and uniforms, but. <laughs> Facebook and Instagram broke, so we broke couldn't. So we we couldn't. had to re, reconfigure <laughs> our, our roadmap. No, I don't think that's what, what was going on at all. Uh, actually, I have some questions coming from this. So first off, we'll get to that actually in a second, the owners' meetings and what was planned. But uh, what are the millions and millions of, of The Rock's fans think when they see these XFL posts by him or Danny Garcia tagging him. And I'm talking about the millions of fans who either have no clue what the XFL is or really have a vague idea of what the Rock's uh, involvement in with the XFL is. Like these people who follow the Rock, and there are millions and millions of them, who see the XFL being promoted that aren't following it like you or I or even just the casual football fans. What are they thinking when they see that? So honestly, you know, just some live statistics, 3,881,699 likes on that post that the rock put on his story. Uh, I'm going to say about 10,000 people know what exactly he's talking about when he posts that of the people who like this, this, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a minuscule, I mean, maybe a little bit more, but I think I'm being facetious, but it, do you think people Googled it? No. Do you think people looked it up? Probably not. I, look, we're all joking that here because we all, small, you know, sure. but nobody, 
especially because Instagram and Facebook went down right after this happened. Like that completely derailed any momentum they had for that. You know what I mean? But I mean, if you compare these kind of like the rocks always around that range, not more nor less. So he's giving them the same kind of exposure as he would anyone else. Um, did the fans actually care though? I don't know. Hopefully they do. I think they're banking on that. They will. If it's something that the rocks doing. Yeah. And, he hasn't really explained too much about it, you know, his involvement or what the XFL is yet. So the casual fans aren't even in the loop yet. He's not hooking them. He's exposing them to logos and uh, the acronym um, and that it's football, maybe. But it's it's still, if you, in, you know, in today's day and age, you talk about, you know, reach and exposure and all that with a social media post. I don't I we're not even at the tip of the iceberg for what the rock can do for the XFL as a brand yet. But uh, that post got me thinking about that. And also, yeah, you're right. When they're scrolling, they're scrolling right past it. They see it and say, huh? And then especially when Instagram goes down there, it's totally out of the mind instantly. Uh, so uh, we'll have to see what more posts come up now that the ownership had their owners update meeting or whatever we're calling it. Um, what, what let's predict what the next step is what what went down at this update uh for the owners and and what do you think their next steps are on the roadmap i mean we have one here that we can consult but we don't know what they're going by what what do you think what's your what's your what's your guess yeah i was just going through some of the comments and it's kind of hilarious how most of them are not any at all xfl related uh it's just like hey you go on rock um anyway so uh, the xfl we're in part two now is that what we're doing now xfl owners uh what is this meeting i mean what do they call it an ownership update yeah ownership update is what you saw if you zoomed in on danny garcia's picture of the rock in the jet, uh, private jet uh he had a big uh, pamphlet or whatever whatever you call it, notebook of a deck a deck a, is what you call deck. them in the corporate people world is that a corporate people term yes is deck. deck said the cover hey, page watch said, it now watch it now <laughs> long out the, rock, the, the rocks, rocks deck, deck. <laughs> rocks deck i thought it would be a little bit bigger that, honestly yeah. after th- at this point but whatever it's just an ownership update meeting so i don't think it would be that large it's probably it was probably smaller than some of the other meetings but it was an ownership update I would think that the rocks deck is bigger than anyone else's and there are probably more information that he has to get, but I, um, I hope there's a lot of information being shared at these meetings. Hopefully you got to think, you got to think, okay, there's two folds to this, right? An ownership update. Does that mean that Danny Garcia and the rock and Redbird capital, you know, ownership, um, did they actually just say, give marching orders and then kind of took a step back? No. Okay. Why do you say that? It was very no right right official. No, no. Because I, I mean, when I, I pose the question on the outline, and then I hear you, uh, you know, coming back at me with this, and then it just like kind of hits me right in the skull as we just started this segment. I have a bad feeling about ownership update. That makes me feel like the CFL stuff fell through. And this might was like the first time maybe any of them got together and talked about the XFL at all formally since then. And that's been a while. And while it sounds like Danny Garcia by from, from her post that there was a lot of hours put into these meetings, I feel like they 
like legitimately over the last what has it been now since we last talked to Dave Naylor and the CFL stuff fell through? Is that two months ago? Three yeah, months ago? Like that, yeah, two and a half. When did the XFL season start? I mean, the CFL season start. It was uh, when did season start? August 5th. August. So it was about two weeks before that or so. So about end of so July. This just like makes me think that they legitimately have been quiet to even each other on formal well, XFL planning uh, discussions. Yeah, but that, be careful with that because now you're saying that, hey, yeah, they've been quiet with each other. But maybe that's because there was just – it was up to – uh, Jeffrey Pollock to go and do some things. It was up to other people that they've hired to go and do some things. Not so legwork was being done in the meantime, you think? To That's what I'm saying. When you say ownership update, to me it's, hey, go do these things and then come back to us when there's an update. And I don't think Danny Garcia and, – and, and it's not – do you think Danny Garcia is on the negotiating table with ESPN or something like that or with whoever coming up with the football or the cities? Like I don't think – you know, you might have the rock give a call, right? He'd be like, Hey rock, can you give uh, Miami a call? You know, we want, we want to have a team there, but you know, you're from there. You think you may, we're not from there, but you kind of, you know what I mean? Like, come on, just go and He's like, okay, the rock does a call, but he's not doing the negotiating. You know, no. like, that's not what he does. No. Yeah. And they, they're, they're bringing in people who did that, you know, remember from the NFL con contracts for with TV and uh, media rights and they're, yeah. So yeah, you're right. When you, so you're saying that there were probably marching orders given after the CFL discussions fell through, yeah. and then this these update meetings were reports and maybe planning for next steps. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Was it was just more of a um, hey, you know, because you're, you're gonna you can't tell me that since the middle of July, end of July, that they haven't talked since then. And what at they least, want done. At least with, you know, formal uh, meetings. Because, I mean, pretty much Danny Garcia has done a good job of being transparent and letting fans know when oh, well, formal discussions are happening with the XFL pretty much. Well, I mean, when she had she's been transparent here and there. Yeah. But is it always? Is it, you know, maybe she's only, maybe this is the fourth ownership update. But she's only given us one. We don't know that. Like, that, those are no. assumptions that we're, we're making. But... You know, word is on the streets. There's probably going to be a lot of changes anyway. So, you know, there's marching orders out there. Go figure it out. Come back and, you know, who knows? But maybe. Yeah, that stemming back to Jeffrey Pollock, who, um, you know, has, has uh, been been there since the the bankruptcy and has stick, stuck through it the whole way through and has uh, done interviews and, and, you know, told people in the media that, the the XFL will see some changes and you know he's kind of been vague with it some will stay the same some will change so what changes i'm sure those those have been really been hammered home and uh, i feel like we're going to see something soon so my prediction is we're going to get an announcement on a change from what we saw in 2020 next i think we're well, going to no. be hearing about something different for the XFL than we got in 2020 so let me ask you this question, then, Alan. This might this might be opening up a whole can of worms. In 2020, when the teams were announced, right, the eight teams were announced and what cities they were playing in, we didn't call it a change from 2001. No, right, we didn't call. It. Now, are these changes from 2020 or are these the XFL 2023? I would say it's a change. I think this is the same league. They bought the league. 
they bought the league from 2020. Vince they, McMahon they, brought the same league back from tw- from 2001. But no. But he didn't. <laughs> it's totally different. Totally different ownership uh, and rule book and everything. It was so this is totally different board. ownership too. This, but they they still have the same president. They still have the, all the like they're the same the owner. They're the same, the same <laughs> not the same owner. So it's a it's a new ownership. Um, but the, I don't. I don't. To me, it feels like what we're getting in twenty twenty three will be. I mean, it will be a makeover of 2020, sure, but still, to me, it will be the 2020 XFL remade in the image of the new owners, but also, I think there will be a base from 2020 in 2023. Like, there there has to be, because I don't think it would be wise. I would hope not, because there's so many, there's so much what good from look, 2020. Here, I, I think you're, you're mis- misconstruing. Did I say that right? Misconstruing what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Are we considering these changes from 2020 or are we taking it as this is what it's going to be for 2023? We're putting 2020 behind us. We're going to take what some of those ideas, but this is not a change. This is a new concept, a new idea. So when they say, hey, uh, we're going to go back to regular kickoffs, is that because there's going to be like give it a change, give it a chance, excuse me, give it a chance because this isn't 2022, 20 anymore. It's 2023. They did that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I would, I mean, on this very show, you'll see a lot of complaining and a, a very upset podcaster. Uh, but no, that would be a big change. That would be a change. It would not be a, this is what 2023 XFL looks like. That would be a change. Taking what you saw in 2020 that you actually liked, that was consensus. I thought, that football people all loved the kickoff and changing it. That's a change. Something new for 2023 would be, I don't know, adding a team, adding a city that is adding the number of teams. That's a change. That's a, a new, not a change. What if, what if, but what if NBC is like, look, we're going to be your television partner, but you got to get us in the top markets across the country. So you got to bring in Chicago. You got to bring in, you know, whatever your other top TV, San Francisco, I'm for it. you know, you got to bring in these big TV markets, right? Is that a change or is that if a new strategy for 2023? Cause it, what was the strategy be- when it came to cities? It was big football cities with fan bases, right? Basically mm-hmm. other than like LA, probably New York, like those not so much TV as a, as a, of a concern yeah. as it was just making sure that team would have fans. Exactly. So is that a change or is that a new strategy for 2023? That one's more gray. That one's in the gray area. So that, 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 that one's in the gray area. I would say uh, I would lean towards that as a change of strategy from 2020, but it depends how similar it is. Are there eight teams in your moving cities? Are there more teams? If it's more teams, I would say that's just new, the new and improved. Instead of taking 2020 and poo-pooing what they did with that. That's a there's a difference between a, a change and a poo-poo. Uh, well, now, if you really think about it, look, we're, we're going we're gonna to do this now. I think every show is look at our roadmap uh, to kick off. And where were we at this moment in time uh, in 2018? And we weren't really getting any of these types of announcements, these types of 
things, right? You had Oliver like every once in a while going out there and maybe having an interview, a spot interview with whoever here and there, giving out the same kind of Danny Garcia is doing the same thing. So she's using her phone and a story. That's it. That's what Danny Garcia is doing. It's basically what Oliver Luck did when he did the rounds. With much, to- with much less, um, less buzzwords, less corp- uh, corporate messaging. You know, there was a plan and there was phrasing that Oliver Luck would use and that you could tell was, you know, what the league was going to sell. Uh, Danny Garcia is much, it's much more winging it. It's much, I think it, it feels it's all, they both felt very honest. Oliver Luck was honest, but uh, Danny Garcia is not as it, it, you could tell it's, it's her speaking from just the play, her heart and really not as knowledgeable of the exact corporate messaging of what the XFL is going to be as Oliver Luck was at this point on the road to 2020. That's so, a difference for sure. Yeah. So we're really in the same boat, in the same place. The XFL was in, in 2020. I'm sure it was 2018. Sands a commissioner. Sands a commissioner. But really we need, um, we need, we need confirmation of a kickoff date and we need teams. We don't have either one of those. That's next. I would think that that's next. That's what's on the roadmap here. Uh, and that didn't happen until the beginning of December. I think it's going to be a real big Alan. change. That's pretty real. Alan, the say, way they did. Yep. You you were there for the announcement of the cities. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that great. It wasn't that it wasn't that grandiose. You had a bunch of people no. from these cities that we had no idea who they were. Yeah. They didn't really do anything for the city. You know, they had some a corporate cool intro vids. That was about it. But it was nothing that was like, hey, this is what we want to do. So yeah. I expect that to fully change. Uh, and I, th- I think we can fully expect everything to, do, to change when it comes to announcements and how they're made when it comes to 2023. I think the, my prediction is they're going to first just announce a big change. The ball, it's going to be completely white with black laces so wide receivers could identify it in the air really easily. Uh, do no, you it would think be the opposite way. Black with white laces. Like, those like mysterious like messages when somebody finds like an in and out burger in the middle of Manhattan, that's completely pristine. Like, why is there an in and out burger here? Like, do you think they're just going to put like an XFL ball in the middle of like Chicago, you know, right underneath the bean and just leave it there, take a picture and be like, what's, what's a subtle <laughs> message that's going on here? What the heck's going not on? this, not so subtle <laughs> message right now that I would hope if they're tra- going for subtle, that's not what they think is subtle, but yeah. Uh, I, I would love it. I, I, I would love the mysterious. Alan, you're the one traveling too. across country. You should be placing balls in random cities across the country, I'm, just taking I'm pictures not, and walking away. I'm not trying to toy with people and mess with them. I, Cause Can I we put one in every one of the cities, all, except St. Louis as XFL fans. We're, <laughs> no, we're all vulnerable right now. I don't want to tug at people's heartstrings and toy with people like that. That would be cruel. That's something you would do. And that's why it, People should be thankful. I'm the one traveling it's kind of like all that around letter. Right now. It's kind of like that Brian letter from that one. be screwing with you all. <laughs> it's kind of like that letter from that one um, player group. I forget what their name was. Um, where, uh, you know, you just kind of put out a message. And if you put out enough messages, the league's going to have to deny it at some point. So you come out with their own. A lot of buzz. Oh, the, uh, the, the, fake, the fake union, you mean? Yeah. The, the, yeah, <laughs> led by the Seattle Dragons running back. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, um, how it feels like decades ago, that whole issue. That was hilarious. All right. <laughs> well, what do you say we, we consult 
We consult the calendar. Last week, we identified the markers. This week, we're going to kind of critique the markers and where we stand. Measure up to the markers, if you will, in this week's Hot Read. All right, Bryant. Last week, we really danced around giving our opinion too much as we introduced the roadmap and uh, went over all the markers to hit to 2023. But this week, you and I can measure up a little bit, give some opinion, and attack this calendar and have some fun. So what do you say? Let's go at it first. Uh, The first one, we already kind of touched upon it today. The commissioner announced on June 6, 2018, leading up to 2020, uh, we would need a commissioner currently uh, already by now. Uh, If we're kicking off in February of 2023 or April, it doesn't matter. By now, we should have already had a person in that position. Are you upset about the fact that we don't? I'm not upset about it. I think I mentioned it last week. Hey, you know, Oliver Lick came in to fix football, the the game of football, not the operations of football. And and the XFL did a pretty damn good job um, of of fixing football. And and so I don't think they're too concerned with having to do that. And so I think uh, it is okay to not have this person in place at this moment in time. Another reason why 2023 is still a part of, you know, 2020, like they're not totally di- two different things because it, it's, I just cannot fathom them messing with w- the work Oliver Luck and his team did in that regard, Brian, as you said, fixing football. The toughest part of kicking off in 2020 was reimagining the game coming up with new rules and really dedicating the, the build-up to that. That is not what 2023's build-up is going to be all about. It's all about, I think, more the this marketing and the selling of the league and making it, you know, uh, bankable. Um, the, the game that bankable. really they came up with, uh, Oliver Luck in charge of all that, and then football operations, I think that work that was done, not as they don't have to do it. So that's why we shouldn't feel terrible about not having a commissioner because that was his role, as you said. His jo- The job is basically already done. So right now, someone like Jeffrey Pollock, I think, is able to do uh, a lot of that, the legwork that may... I don't know how much of what Oliver Luck was doing, he's doing currently, but having a person in, in charge as a president or head of the league in that business-type role is much more important at this point. Which they already have in Jeffrey Pollock, like you mentioned. I think there's going to be, I think the person who they pick to be in charge of the football aspect of the league um, probably has his hands full with scouting, probably more than anything, mm-hmm. uh, leading in uh, to, to, to kick off. So um, maybe you're looking at another partnership who knows what you're going to do with Optimum Scouting, if they're going to come back, you know, Eric Galco, who knows? Um, they did a pretty good job at finding talent, but not to take anything away from anyone. Uh, you did have an advantage because you had the AAF the year before, kind of giving these players some talent, some places. You know, a lot of these players that you're going to have for 2023, you know, they're not going to be playing football. They're not. They're, they might not be playing football right now, and they're not going to be playing football again uh, for kickoff. So I think that's the role that that person's going to have. And you know, is that necessary right now? It's probably really not necessary until the end of the regular season in the NFL for 2023. So not hitting that marker yet. It's all right. That's fine. We can we, we could blow by that that I'm okay that mile with marker. It. Okay. But eventually, you want that person 
how well, far yeah. do you have a deadline? Um, I think once you have cities established and when you're going to kick off, it becomes about who's going to. Once you've established the, the where you're playing and when you're playing, then you can establish who's going to be playing. And that's when I think you're going to need that person coming in. So you don't think the time frame act even really matters more than uh, just the other boxes being checked before it? Like, well, does that person that I, need a full year in in the position before kickoff? Look, unless you're changing the rule book, I mean, there's a lot of ifs with this, right? Like, if they, if you're going to change the rule book and be like, "Hey, we want to change the rules from 2020 because we really don't like them," then you're gonna, you better bring that person in now because that's going to take time. We've seen that it takes time, you know. Not and not all the XFL rules were perfect, you know. The, you know, there was a lot of confusion. Referees didn't know what was going on sometimes. I remember they blew down a uh, a two point conversion because they're from college and they don't have those runbacks on two point conversions, but in the XFL they do. So, you know, it's 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 things that you remember that miss that 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 snafu. The, the clock was never really always. I, you know yeah. me, I was a clock stickler. So. If you're going to change a lot of those types of rules, then you gotta you gotta change um, when you bring this person in. I'll say the uh, longer they wait, the better I feel about the rule book being intact. So there, there we go. I'll you know that I'm rooting for good, the good call. the commissioner or fo- f- chief football officer person to be brought on as and, late and as you know possible. <laughs> I would I would think that at some point there will be an interview with either Jeffrey Pollock, Danny Garcia, or maybe even The Rock. Uh, probably not The Rock. And be like, you still have not hired a commissioner slash chief football officer. What do you see that role being? And why is that person hired? I think understanding what that role is supposed to be with some more specifics. Maybe I should go on my LinkedIn page and see if it's on there. Um, yeah. Is what I think. Um, I'm just really interested to see. To. I'm interested to see what they, uh, what, when they get asked that question, what the corporate speak will be. Well, how they will phrase that. You know, if it's sugar-coated or if it's honest not yet fam not yet yeah not not yet fam <laughs> or will it be we want someone who is able to cultivate cultivate the game of football and protect the integrity of the game and nah i don't want to hear any of that i want to hear we need someone who can scout <laughs> something i want to hear honesty uh yeah. all right next my uh, mile marker here um kickoff date made official in XFL cities announced on December 5th, 2018, a fun, fun gathering for the media. Not the biggest event for fans, Bryant, but that happened December 5th, 2018 before kickoff in 2020. So by December of this year, do we need to have this event in some form of fashion or maybe by February, if you're talking about an April kickoff in 2023? I think dates and in, in, in all these scenarios are going to be arbitrary, right? Like, is December 15th really matter? Right? Like, what happens on December 16th once you announce the teams on December 15th? Like, that's the question you should be asking yourself when it comes to these roadmaps. What happened on December 6th after all those teams were announced on December 5th? Nothing. Not one thing happened with those teams. Seriously, nothing, nothing happened, right? Until, until you get further down the line when your first team president was hired, really nothing happened. So do I want this to happen? Yes, I absolutely want this to happen soon. I want to know. You want to get those fan bases riled up. But if you're going to do it in the middle of December when the NFL is rolling and you're not even going to be on the ticket taker at the bottom little ticker, 
I think that's when you uh, you kind of rethink about when exactly you want to go with this. That's a tough call. The the announcement of your kickoff dates and all of that. Um, I want to see it made more of an event. So if you have to wait until after all the you know the, the major football news is dying down after the Super Bowl, I wouldn't even be upset at that, Brian. If you are announcing the kickoff of your league exactly a year from kickoff or just under a year, I think that's fine. They were kind of way, way, a ways away from announcing the kickoff in the cities uh, prior to the kickoff in 2020. I mean, you, they could have waited a little bit more. Maybe you're right, and and ha- made it more of a, of a of an event and of a new, you know, uh, made waves in the news cycle with announcing the cities and the and the kickoff date. Yeah, exactly. Do you do them one at a time? Do you, you know, there's a could have a, there could have been a lot of things happening. I think so establishing those that. teams, yeah. establishing the if you're going to do ownership, establishing ownership, establishing personnel within those, those are more important factors. And if you, to me, I'd gladly wait until February, March, even um, if you tell me, hey, we're having a team in L.A. Here's the owner. Here's the president. Here's this. Here's that. Here's where we're playing. If you had that information, when you tell me who's where you're playing, I think I like that way more than, hey, here's where we're playing. Uh and we're not going to know any of these positions for another year. <laughs> we're very patient people, and I think we're patient on that one, too. Next one is uh, Jeffrey Pollock announced as the XFL president in January of 2019. Uh, he's still there, so we don't really have to get into that one. Um, uh, February 10th, though, shortly after that, um, just about a year before kickoff, Bob Stoops was announced as the first XFL head coach. One full year of bringing in I don't I don't know about bringing in all the coaches in one at a time like they did. I'd like if they were all hired or at least announced at once preferably at around that time one year out. Giving them a year, a calendar year to prepare for a season would make me feel good as a football fan. I think so the competitive advantage would be there, I think. Well, if you really think about it, the other team that went 5 and 0 that was the last one to get their coach hired last. <laughs> Yeah, you know, not a lot of we don't bring that up enough. Probably that's true. <laughs> Jude Jones was the last coach hired, last coach brought in, and they it, did the best job. So to... may, maybe they don't need that whole calendar year. Maybe they just need the run up that they had, starting with the draft and, or maybe the summer of prepare preparation, and then you know kickoff so not the full calendar year maybe that's not necessary if you really put a lot of weight on what june jones did it really just becomes a matter of fact that it's like i'm gonna bring this up every time now i think because what happened february 11th when bob soups was hired did he start making phone calls did he start getting his his coaching staff together i'm sure he called how mummy immediately after um, and that's you know that's fine, but it's it's those types of things that you start to wonder what really matters with this date. So if if on our map here where we say February twentieth is around when you should have your first coach if you're kicking off in February, or maybe it's um, a middle of April, fine. But what do those coaches actually do right away is the, is the big time question. And, and I think they do. Those guys they get to work. So I think that giving them a full year to build a coaching staff. Um, and then plan for their off-season programs and all that and drafts and scouting. I think giving a coach 
if you want them invested a full calendar year like that is a good idea so hope if that's a tough thing to do because you know signing coaches is a, is a tough what, thing what coaches get a full calendar year I mean, all anybody in. What do you mean, like the NFL? No, I'm sorry. What new What or new college? coach gets a full calendar year to put everything together? Uh, n- well, none in the NFL. That's true. They get about. And I, I will say that they don't have to put a whole team together, but yeah, they don't. Yeah, they, they still don't have feel to put like they get about entire, six months, right? Or even an entire staff a lot of the time. So yeah, that's true. But they get they they you know you're right. They only have about what if you're getting hired in January. Uh, on, you know, immediately after a Black Monday or whatever they call it, then you have about eight months before you kick off to have everything ready in the NFL. And a lot of times it's very difficult to do. That's why they guys that don't immediately come in and it's rare you see someone just kick kick a bunch of butt as a first year coach taking over a, a team like that. So in this case. You're totally it's it happens, but it's few and far between. This case I think is different though, because it's total team building. This is completely from the ground up. So it's a little bit different. It is almost it's not quite apples and oranges, but it's almost that. So I don't know if I'll accept that as a comparison. Full calendar year, damn it. <laughs> Give it to him. <laughs> I think the next one's the most important one to me. Honestly, if you want this thing to to succeed. Ooh, the presidents. All right. Well, March 24th, our first president was hired. That was Heather Brooks Carrots of the LA Wildcats in charge of everything on the business end of that franchise. And why Bryant thinks this is the most important, I think is going to, I'm guessing Bryant goes back to what we talked about at this point last week when we just brought this up. And this really lets you know if, franchises or franchises or if they're owned by the league like they were is that what you're getting at this this will let us know when the team presidents are hired if team presidents are actually uh hired by the league or if they're hired by an owner i think there's a i think a lot can be said about how this is actually going to transpire as in terms of 2023 and, and the um construction or build of of the league in its in, itself so uh whether there's a vertical ownership, whether there's individual team ownerships, whether, you know, these team presidents, you know, th- th- this is going to tell us how the XFL is planning to market and strategize this, themselves for 2023. This tells you what kind of league the XFL is, even more than the football, even more than the, anything else on this, the how the presidents are hired and, and utilized will tell you what kind of league the XFL is. And that's very important because really two different paths that we are considering um i mean who knows what else they could come up with but really there's the 2020 version league owns everything and there's the more traditional version where every team has its own owner these presidents are going to be in charge either way of you know keeping the organization organized uh, in the different cities but is that person working directly for the XFL or are they working for an owner who is giving them marching orders and a budget that is going to be huge to uh, to know and that's something that I can't wait to know but I don't I don't think we can wait until March of next year or April of next year Brian to know that can we like 
can that would mean that less than a year out from kickoff the xfl still trying to find owners for teams if they end up going with that model like if they're gonna have owners of every franchise damn it don't be like the usfl where you're bringing on owners last minute they need to those need to be shored up a calendar year i would say at least before because like the coaches they're building entire staffs they're building an entire franchise give them at least one year who knows what actually is going to happen when it comes to this and then that changes the 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 perspective of how important this is or not um in terms of the date so can the xfl actually um give themselves enough time to do like a an individual ownership for a team i don't know man that's a that's a lot of work it's it's risky Hey, as, as exciting as I think as I think about it, and as exciting as it is to oh, there's different owners all over the XFL. There are different personalities, and what you know quirks will each team have? That's fun to think about, but that seems almost irresponsible to me <laughs> at this point um, because just you would I, maybe if you push the kickoff back another year, that would be more comfortable. That's something you really need. Twenty twenty four. Don't say that. Yeah. Don't you no, ever say not. that on this yeah, show I didn't again. Say that. I didn't you say basically it. I said didn't you say the throw number. the kickoff another year. You said it. You said. I it. said I didn't say the number though because I don't want to speak it into existence, and that's why. Just because the death nail for all these other failed leagues is finding ownership in some form or fashion, and finding eight different or ten different, however many teams you want, different owners. The CFL is struggling with that, and they've been around for over a hundred years it's a pain so the vertical in uh, vertically owned uh franchises you know everything funnels up to the league and the league owns everything a model to start at least is the way to go still for me it just seems like the best most efficient way to kick off if you want to kick off and you know really have everything controlled and and in front of you and not have to worry about so many moving parts so let's hope I that think, the, that president is announced as an employee of the XFL, not some rich person. <laughs> um, can something I mentioned last week was that can a league succeed um, if it has individual ownership? We haven't seen it. Can a league succeed if it has one owner? We haven't seen it. Can a league succeed if it has both? It has an owner that has a lot of money. And it has individual owners that are willing to fork over some of that money as well. It can happen. And if you have that, that could be part of the recipe of success for the for the XFL in 2023. It's kind of funny to think that we were supposed to kick off in 2022. And here we are in October. And we're questioning whether 2023 is, is enough time. So it's it's, it's it, you can see how much work goes into all this and exactly. what really needs to happen. Uh, for this league to be success, and and maybe the Rock and Danny Garcia, I'm not gonna say they bit off more than they could chew, but uh, they're realizing that the work that to get what they want might take a lot of work, and some of these dates just don't make any sense. Uh, who knows? But it, it's a lot to think about. It is like the te- then you get to this next one, the television deal. Like this is something that is they they publicly have talked about media rights as one of their main goals and one of the top. Uh, you know, uh, they're one of the main things they're focused on before anything else. And in a, in building a league like that just seems like that comes later. Um, but I feel like that actually might be bumped up here. And maybe that does a lot of good for the league. Maybe just having a TV deal announced before you have like anything even 
anything planned in terms of franchises and cities, if you have that TV deal and a va- and you're able to sell a vague outline of what the league will be to t- television networks, that's all you really need to do at the end of the day, maybe. It's possible. I mean, we, we've talked about it too, Alan. It's like, is are we going to expect piece mailing or are we going to want to do all this at one time? Like, that's another question, right? Is what are we actually um, going to be getting from the league? And to me, a television deal to go along with the teams that you're working with, to go along with how you're structured is, is a pretty sweet thing and shows that you're very structured in how you're doing this. Maybe that's why that deck, the Rocks deck, was so big. Because yeah. um, it had a lot more information than just hey, you know, we're, we're doing we're working on teams right now, we're working on cities. It's like hey, here are the cities, here are the TV partners, here are what we're doing. Boom, this is all together, so you understand what's going on. So I'm I'm not I'm not thinking the May six uh, May ish of next year television de- deal announcements out of the cards at all. I actually expect it to be earlier than that, Bryant. So if you ask me my heat check on that, I'm feeling good about those targeted dates on our. Our roadmap here. I don't know about you. I mean, I think a lot of these networks want to know what their schedules are going to be like well before a year in advance. They want to know whether or not they're going to, you know, you know, NBC wants to know whether or not they were going to broadcast NHL on Sundays. They oh, want to know yeah. That. Oh, and, and you know, know, also we were actually we didn't even put it on the rundown, but it is uh, sort of related. Fan control football just got a deal with. Um, if they can NBC, get a deal with Peacock, NBC Universal will have games televised the on Peacock. Can buy NBC is pretty much what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I want to go that far, but fan-controlled football, which is seven-on-seven seven football, played on a fifty by thirty-five field. Indoors, indoor. It's indoor football. Just say indoor football. Is is getting put on a platform of, you know, uh, it's it's on one of the more obscure, I think properties i think it's nbc xla i think it's like the it's the like the latin it's like a spanish-speaking nbc channel um but also on peacock in addition such as them peacock is really working hard to get content um but yeah like you said if fan control football is getting a deal like that the xfl if presented properly is gonna land on a pretty sweet platform uh, whenever they really go for the gusto and they actually target their those uh, negotiations, but I don't think that's happening quite yet. But uh, maybe May, if we, I, I feel like May makes sense um, that far out because, like Brian said, that TVs, the TV networks or streaming uh, entities, they want to really know in advance for something like this. So the XFL is going to get, and they've already said like that's they always mention media rights and and where. The league will be viewed in any interview you hear Danny Garcia, someone from Redbird. They always mention media rights. So that's something that's definitely top of their list. So it gives legitimacy. It be, so I think yeah. expect it to be yeah, to, to be early, to be big, to be awesome. Um, because if <laughs> it's not, yeah. then it might take a while to actually get that information out because they don't really want it to be out there. <laughs> Conversely, here's something that I know is probably not even on the list. Summer showcases. In June well, I mean, next year. We, 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 we mentioned maybe, you know, a competition show, something like that. I have um, zero hope for a, sh- a summer showcase because we have zero scouting right, department or football if, if, operations yeah, okay. right now. So if, if the summer showcase isn't a thing and you had to create some sort of television program that had to do with football players, 
what singing competition would you would you um emulate it after emulate yeah would it would it be the the mass singer have somebody go out there in a chicken costume and, and basically run 40s and say like do i want this person or not and then they re- <laughs> then they release the face mask and it's maurice claret yeah it's not it's not maurice claret, he, claret he's like he I know, looks he's like really a he's got a real dad bod <laughs> real dad bod doing motivational speaking these days i think yeah he's just like or is it like the, the voice last week the voice no i don't what what's, why do why can't we see the players why do you want us to not see yeah. the, what they look like you want them to be masked in costumes just, yeah, I don't know. okay do you want I, them to, to be in a private american room and do american, american idol, idol? Then, because then you're at least seeing them and seeing everything they got the raw talent that's what you want when you're scouting that's part, that's part of scouting is seeing everything right. you All could right, possibly show see us the from best that you got Show us the yeah. best. Show us the best. Show us your um... <laughs> Titan Games is probably what you really the, the Rock would, you know, really uh, make it make it out to be like if it was televised or I don't know. American Gladiators is coming back. Maybe they'll integrate it with the XFL. We'll see. Um, An Oki draw dra- competition. The draft getting announced next August. What do you feel about that? Think that'll be it? That'll be something this. T- so next August on this show, you think we'll be saying, all right, they said the draft is coming up. It's this day. What, do, what are we doing for the draft? What are our plans? You think we'll be planning for the draft by next summer? Um, as the only two people to ever cover an XFL draft in the history in the of universe. mankind. In the universe. Yeah. Um, and probably any other universe that exists outside of this one. Uh, I will say that to me, you need to lock in those players. A lot of the players that were drafted didn't even make it to the training camp or even mini camp for that. You know, they got signed by an NFL team, things like that. So I'm okay with the draft being announced in next August or, or whenever, you know, but if you're not going to sign up, if you're not going to lock down your players and the draft kind of becomes a, a moot point. And now, yeah, I, I announcing the date of the draft and having the draft, two different things kind of, but really when it's all said and done, that August to October of next year, XFL draft needs to be the focal point if we're kicking off February of 2023. I think that timeline totally made sense. The first go around, how I feel about it now is, I mean, I'm, I guess, 50-50, maybe 45-55, Brian, because there really is no football operations uh, personnel at the XFL see, at all, but you but, can see why the the date makes sense. Like the why, why yeah. did August make sense for the XFL? Can you answer that? For to me? say our draft is in October. Yeah, S- to give them time to scout. No, for the players who are going to get cut oh, to have for hope. The NFL as well, yes, for the XFL, right? That's yeah. why that's why that date makes a lot of sense, right? The, the players, oh my god, I'm going to get cut. Oh, but there's the XFL, I can go play next year. And so the date makes sense. Why you announce it then? Actually, that doesn't make sense to me. Wouldn't you want to say, tell players before they even go into NFL camps, like before the summer? Hey, why? the XFL draft is in October, so if you're going to an NFL camp and you don't make it, don't worry, make plans. Like telling them in the middle of camp is is different is different. That gives players less time to prepare. So I like the idea of bumping. Should we that just up. tell them now then? Yeah, if you can, yeah, I, yeah, that would be great. You got. Then, I mean, how great are guys going to look when they get to your uh, scouting events? 
and be prepared. <laughs> the guys are going to be out training right now. I'm all for oh, it. Oh, man, you're looking ripped. What are, you, what are you training for, NFL camp? Nah, man, the XFL draft. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Giving people time to prepare themselves. Whether it's potential franchise owners, presidents, coaches, players, give them as much time as you possibly can. I think to me, I, I think that my point through all these dates as we get, as we're finishing up here with a couple more, a couple more is um, the dates don't matter. It's the preparation that matters. So if, if, if you announce this in August, that it's going to take place in October, you better be ready for it in October. If you announce this in July, that you already know that you're going to be ready for it in October, then announce it in July. Why, why does why are you waiting until August? If you don't, if you if you're not ready in October, then don't announce it that you're going to be ready in some certain date. Like the, that's the thing I think I'm going with is that it's all about the timing and execution. Don't announce something just for the sake of announcing it. Have a plan for it to be announced. If you're announcing it in June, Towns Point announce it before players even get there, so they know that they have something to to stay with in case they get cut. Perfect. Awesome. I, I say announce it as that. early as you can responsibly announce something and back it up and deliver yeah. on what you're announcing. Exactly. 100%. You also can't wait too long past October because a lot of those players are not going to just sit around and not do anything exactly. that long. So there's that too. So And remember, those players didn't start getting paid until minicamp, which was in December. So they got drafted in October, didn't get paid until December. All right, so we kind of covered all the draft markers there, Bryant. Let's go to the last two here. The rules for 2020 were announced a month before kickoff. What do you what do you feel on that? Uh, the rules uh, and and how they're, I guess, formally announced if they are. I don't because I mean, they have not the Redbird, Danny Garcia, The Rock, anybody affiliated with the XFL currently hasn't said word one about XFL 2020 rules being incorporated in 2023 at all. So I have no clue. Um, Each day that goes by, I feel more confident that they're just going to adopt the same rule book because, um, you know, maybe that's like last on their list. And really, they never talk about one that you can actually like say you feel comfortable about because the XFL did it a month before, so why can't they change the entire rule book and then bring it on uh, a month before, like the XFL 2020 did? Because they're not doing the legwork that they did. They were that. tweaking and really doing a lot of legwork to ha- not have any of the experimental, um, like camps and the uh, the training and scouting events uh, that they they had, like with the spring league to test things out if they're just announcing a new rule book a month out without doing any of that just would seem kind of irresponsible to me. So I just feel like they're not, there's no real foot. There's not the focus on football with this new ownership like there was. So I feel like the rule book has to be, that just is a tip to me. The rule book is being respected at least for the most part. And I, I will expect a rule book announcement uh, maybe a month out. I don't know that really. I have no feeling on that. But I do feel like more and more each day that the rule book is coming back, baby. Maybe that's just because I'm a, I'm a glass half full kind of person. Are you? Since when? Forever. In 100 um, years? Most positive, p- 
positive, yeah, most positive guy you know. Come on. <laughs> no, that's that's definitely Jake. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> he's the most positive man I know. I mean, for he's sure, always very always on the up and up. With yeah, everyone's fa- everyone's favorite positive beam of light from XFL show podcast lore. For sure. <laughs> oh man, I, look, show. the rules were kind of uh, you know they were I don't say tinkered with they were kind of teased right way before they actually were made announced uh, official and and they were made well i mean we could say that they they were made official on this day but we knew about them well before this yes yeah right? there, and there, there was all all kinds of even from the league itself what i loved about it too was they were they would talk on like radio shows and on podcasts and on this show You'd have someone say, "Well, maybe we do this with a rule. Maybe you know we're 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 working on it right now to see if that actually works. We're maybe we go with one foot in bounds, or maybe two. We we we're liking one right now, but you know we'll tell we'll tell you when we officially announce it. Like they gave you a a, a glimpse into their thought process, whereas yeah. now they're not giving us because I don't think there is a thought process on. I think they're going to go with the rule book." Because it's a that's whole, fair. a whole not, it's a whole other headache for them too. For new, that's the, the biggest. Ownership. That's the biggest thing to me. Is Why that it's a, even, a necessary headache? Unless there's something that people are telling them is egregious in there and they need to change. Why would new ownership mess with the rule book? Uh, other than I don't know ego or something they personally don't like from it. Because, in all honesty, it was the best thing going for the XFL in 2020. Uh, because it was the most intriguing and interesting uh, part of the league because it was new, it was innovative, and it was it, and it was proven to be pretty damn fun. So uh, that's I'm confident I'm getting confident that we're going to keep it. I, I'm I'm not just blowing smoke and trying to convince myself. I really do because the lack of, of football people currently um, just makes you feel like they're going to just plug people into kind of take over what was being done in that realm of the league. It's like us not taking advantage of pretty easy podcasts, right? Yeah. It's exactly. like it's like, hey, it's something we don't have to worry about. Yeah. Why wouldn't we take advantage of that? Yeah, what am I gonna just go edit this whole damn show myself? Oh wait. Of course not. Yeah. Well no, pretty easy yeah. podcasts will do that. And they'll exactly. bill us for I'll it. put my shirt yes. on. <laughs> put my pretty easy <laughs> podcast shirt on. And then yeah. I do it. Exactly, it's a totally different. Really, you know, we, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I'm with you, Alan. I think it's something that they don't have to worry about. It didn't show that it failed, you know. So, I think you move forward with it. I, 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 I guess what I'm saying is, I can, I cannot find good enough reasons to not move forward with it. Same, and I can Same. find plenty of reasons to move forward with it. Are you as confident, or not confident, but uh, optimistic for it as I am? That's gonna stick. I think so. I think it's fair to say, hey, yeah, this is going to stay here. And this is going to be the way it goes moving forward. All right, last one then. The January training camp hub in whatever city. It was in Houston in 2020. Do you think we get that same kind of deal? A one month out from kickoff, sort of de facto preseason where all the teams are in the same place, training and tweaking their football form before kickoff yeah i mean you i think you have to the more and more i think about it, i think you have to do something like this because 
these teams need reps. They need to play against each other. They need to they need to, to practice with one another. That's Joint that's practices. true. But one one difference that I I could see happening is I could see if TV plays a factor, preseason could maybe be something that is uh, offered from the XFL in 2023. Yeah, but you don't want you don't want the first time these teams play against each other to be on television to even practice like you know the the what if it's only streamed on peacock or some other service (laughs) instead of on like the formal tv partner like what if they get espn and it's only watch the preseason on espn plus would you be upset at that no i mean it's preseason you know we're talking about practice i mean that's that's the reality of the situation there too so um I think it just makes sense financial. Now, again, this goes back to another conversation we've had is what are the financial goals of this team, of this uh, ownership group? Do they want to, to to make money the first season or do they want to make this as big as possible for the future? That's the goal, right? You know, the XFL can tell The Rock, obviously you're going to have a budget no matter what you're trying to do, but is that budget for you to be grandiose or is that budget for you to get through the first season and hopefully have a second one? Yeah, I'm confident either way something's going to be going down with all these teams on football fields one month before they actually kick off because otherwise the football would suck. So they're going to have to do it. Uh, Training camp probably is the most cost efficient. Uh, We'll see what kind of TV can play a big factor, though. Keep an eye on that. I can see preseason being offered in some way if uh, the TV uh, partners want it. But that's, again, a domino that has to fall before the training camp domino. If I'm betting... I would bet on the same, the the hub city uh, behind closed doors type deal. Um, But when you're talking about Dwayne, the rock Johnson and Danny Garcia, they're they're They do it big and they uh, are, they like to capitalize on, on things. So maybe putting the football out there and not worrying so much about how, how quality the game is with preseason games. Maybe that there's not a huge risk there because it's just, more eyeballs and uh, more content, which I think they're really going to be going going for a lot more content from the league. Um, so and that I, could and also, I, and I know you're okay with that. I know you're okay with that for sure. I mean, look more what time content. I'm up right now. I'm I'm ready to create and consume all the time. <laughs> sure. uh, well, either way, I think it's it's going to be a great road. And and you know, check this map out. It's on our Twitter. It's pinned there for you to take a look at it and really kind of. Um, uh, temper your expectations with what's actually happening. Maybe you want these dates to be a little different. Who knows um, how important some of these dates really are uh, to kick off. And I guarantee you that most of, maybe not any of this, was in that uh, Rocks deck. I mean, that, that deck definitely had some other pages in it that were, I mean, probably stuff we're not even talking about. I mean, there's going to be stuff that is announced that we, we can't fathom that they're mulling around, that they're going to really try to put a stamp on. Uh, this is a new XFL, the new ownership, and it's going, they're going to make it their own, of course. I'm America's Got Talent. Golden buzzard moments. It's not going to be a reality. I mean, That's maybe there will be, be a reality so show affiliated with the league, but I don't think it's going to – you're not going to base your scouting on a reality show. I would hope not. No, but some That's of just, it can be. That's – 
that's way that's a, that's so 2000 late. They don't even do that anymore. You like you want the players to actually be good. You're, first of all, your 2000 late properly. is so 2000 late. No one says you. that anymore. No one says that anymore. Um, oh, I thought yeah, I saw it on a TikTok. Are we on TikTok yet? No, that's 2000 late as well. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, who knows? what's actually going to happen i think there's a lot of ideas swirling uh and i guarantee you that if 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 a if a singing show competition is copied it's because somebody is listening to this show uh, right now you know i (laughs) heard those guys talk about we're gonna do the gong show xfl style (laughs) talk about Uh, see 1970 late reference right there what about hunger, hunger, hunger games maybe May the odds forever be in your favor as you do the end of your show gimmick here. It was, it's like when you break a pool stick in, in the dark night and the Joker just drops in the middle. It's like, we got room for one, Iga. And then just let them <laughs> Lots of ideas, lots of things that we're going to be speculating on. Who knows what's actually going to happen. But either way, we are going to be here for you every single Sunday right here on your favorite podcast app. That's Apple, uh, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you give us that five-star review and tell your friends about us. If you got a question, comment, or a topic you want us to cover, well, the caller text the XFL fan line, 724-565-4XFL. Uh, remember, stand, standard text messaging rates do apply. Uh, also, follow us on all social media platforms, at XFL Show, Instagram, Twitter, if, if Instagram's still working, Facebook, if it's still working, Alan's favorite, and definitely TikTok one day. Uh, or if you want to come and say hi or hello to me and Alan, well, then subscribe and watch us on YouTube at XFL.show, the official website of This is the XFL Show. And don't forget about sponsors, Pretty Easy Podcast. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com and get started today because they make podcasting um, pretty easy. The only thing I wish they could do is uh, bring me coffee in the middle of the show. The good thing is we had a lot to get to, and so my brain was working the whole time. But like now we're hitting this finish line. Whoa, Nelly. Late night recordings to get these shows out still well, for everybody. It's a good Brian. thing that the baby was very cooperative. No one yes. walked in on the show. We didn't have to do 100 takes at the very beginning of the show. No, we this did not. This one was probably the smoothest ever recording that we had. So you can uh, sit back, enjoy our fantasy football doubleheaders. Mind you, I think our trade finally went Wait, through. Wait, our so trade just our went lineups. through? I think our trade did went it? through as well. So Is it official? Uh, set our lineups. Check it. It is official. I'm pretty sure it's official. No one official, vetoed official. it? Can you give them insight? And this people tried to veto a Calvin Ridley for Cordero oh, Patterson yeah. trade. Totally fair trade. Falcon for Falcon. Ojo por ojo. I mean, why not? Someone tried to veto that. See, that's why there are just people out there that just want to obstruct. No one's obstructing us, though, on this road to 2023. Bryant, we are going at it. Whether it's one in the afternoon, one in the morning, three in the morning. East Coast time zone, West Coast time zone, Hawaii, uh, Italian. Damn it, we're giving you shows. And it's going to be really interesting each and every week because one week XFL ownership breaks the internet. Next week, maybe they make a big announcement about something crazy for 2023. Either way, we're here for it. We thank you for being here for it as well. We will be back next week. For Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.